I'm not just happy, I'm her pal. This is Power Up Life, the podcast. I'm your host, Gianna Lucas, co-founder and CEO at Hapal, the social enterprise that powers this podcast. We help you slay life in high school, uni and beyond. Each week on the show, you'll learn epic life skills in a super chill way. Hear from well-known legends as they reveal their biggest setbacks and milestones to date. And you'll find out what our Hapal squad think about a whole stack of topics too. From epic challenges to super raw moments, this show has it all. So let's power up life. I'm so excited to introduce you to our first guest on Power Up Life. This guy is one of the most talented, selfless, and passionate people I've got to know. Meet Jules Lund, one of Australia's most well-known faces in the media industry. Jules was born in 1979. However, you think he was born in 1999 because he's young at heart. After finishing high school, Jules studied graphic design, photography and film before winning Fox FM's 15 Days of Fame competition back in 2001, which launched his media career. Jules has hosted some of Australia's biggest TV and radio shows, working alongside Fifi Box, Sophie Monk and many other household names. For not one, but Eight years, Jules was a presenter on Getaway, Australia's longest-running travel and lifestyle TV show. Ah, travel, the good old days, hey? (laughs) These days, Jules is the founder of global influencer marketing platform called Tribe. Since its launch back in 2015, Tribe has seen huge growth with offices in New York, London, Sydney, and Melbourne. They also get to work with many of the world's biggest brands. But here's the thing. Jules was a troubled kid in high school. He went through some stuff and he admits he's still learning life lessons today. Jules and I chatted about everything and anything. And one thing's for sure, he has one inspiring story to tell. But before we get started, in case you're wondering, yes, the guy who's not just happy, I'm her pals is in fact Jules Lund. Now that's cleared up. Let's power up life. Hey Jules, you're in your tribe office with your fake fur wall behind you, or not fur wall, plant wall. It's looking great. (laughs) I would prefer a fur wall. It'd be like something out of Graceland. Elvis has a famous jungle room and the carpet is about like six inches of fur. So if I had that on the wall, that would be rad. And, you know, it would also be nice because people will want to touch it. You know how people love touching these things? Yeah. They're tactile. Yeah, that would be me. Disgusting in a COVID era, you know, <laughs> just 2020. Don't touch it. Don't touch that. <laughs> 1.5 metres back from my fur wall. <laughs> well, fortunately, no one is touching the fake plant wall. I can see you're in your boardroom and there's no one around you. So you're practising social distancing. So well done. Thank you. Yeah, there's no one in the office whatsoever. So... Uh, it's quite nice. It's funny when I when everyone is in the office, I sort of go home and work from there. And now when uh, no one's in the office, I, I come in here. It's perfect. I can avoid people my whole life. I, believe. Oh, I love it. I love it. You're in a, you know, you're in a lot of people's faces a lot of the time. So you need your solace. You need time for yourself. Although you are a father of a couple of girls. So that's what I say to them. I say to them, <laughs> I don't have time for you. I've already 
already spoken to people today and you two are not even able to keep it with my level of conversation. Therefore, yep. you don't even get a look in. And sometimes <laughs> I don't look up my phone when I say that. I say, say, shut up. I'm Candy Crush. <laughs> uh, that would be a Mario Kart for Brendan in a power. That's his go-to. So that's you and Candy Crush. I like it. I like it. Now, thank you so much for coming on the Power Up Life show. I have a load of respect for you. You're an absolute legend, Jules, and you've been a big supporter of us here at Her Power already in our very early inception. So we just want to firstly say a big thank you to you and, of course, coming on the show. I want to go way back, though, because I know that you look young, but you're not that young. <laughs> So, so I, want to, I want to go back to your childhood. Young Jules, say teenage Jules, what was life like for you back then? Were you loving life? What was going on? Yeah, probably a bit too much though. I mean, there was levels of my teen life. There was quite a, a transformation in there. I was speaking to my wife about this the other day, but I think I, uh, in my early teens, I was pretty geeky. And uh, I love just aiming for the A pluses. And then I sort of had some challenges in my family life and uh, I started to act out and started to cause a lot of trouble, close to getting booted out of school, had a five-year bond for graffiti and, you know, getting involved in all sorts of other things that weren't entirely healthy and could have very well gone down that path and, and just stuck my finger up at the world. And then I was able to meet Jim Steins and Paul Curry, who, who founded the Reach Foundation when I was in year nine. And yeah, they just completely turned me around. I had some other great opportunities where I had some teachers that sort of, you know, saw the real me amongst the shithead. And um, they gave me some opportunities and, you know, invested in me. And I rose to the occasion. And so very quickly, you know, I did a lot of leadership courses because I just enjoyed them. And then um, a lot of the early teachers would have been stunned to see uh, me become a prefect and ducks of visual arts captain and stuff. And so, you know, they just got me back on track, which was really powerful. So that's sort of how I did my teens. I was, uh, was geeky and then I was a loudmouth shithead and then I was a loudmouth shithead with a badge. <laughs> Strength to strength there, Jules. You mentioned uh, Jim Steins, obviously Melbourne Football Club great. He then went to become the chairman at the football club and may he rest in peace. He was a great man. You said you met him and Paul Curry, was that right, who obviously co-founded the Reach Foundation together. What about that meeting, what about it that made you change your life or be open to changing your life? Because clearly something was said for you to question your behaviour. Do you know what that might have been? Yeah, look, when I think back to it, I'm stunned to realise that Jim Steins and Paul Curry, they were like, I think, 25 and 27. And yet they were out in this secondary school. I went to De La Salle College in Malvern. And um, the, the catalyst for why they were there was that Paul Curry ran, he's a film director now, uh, but he ran drama workshops with teenagers, uh, but really edgy, dark uh, um, challenging and confronting stuff. Yeah. Um, like he would do drama workshops where they would just make it pitch black in the room and place, you know, really dramatic Shawshank redemption <laughs> type music. And he would set up scenarios where, you know, these guys were coming in to kidnap someone. <laughs> they were like role plays where people would, you would give characters to people and they would act that out. So rather than handing over this script, where young people are learning it. He was putting them in these real situations. It was like 
powerful make-believe, but it was quite transformative and it, and it generated some phenomenal performers. Mm. He was doing that. And then Jim Steins was doing leadership with teenagers through sports camps. So they went, what does this look like together? You know, you've got sport and drama, trying to confront. And also Jim had, had done a lot of work with kids that are living on the streets and in psychiatric units, et cetera. So they went out to promote a course for young people. And the first school they came to was mine. Now, I was sitting up the back as a sort of 14-year-old. What I was always doing in these sessions, which was trying to sabotage them and, and make the guest speaker cry by just me um, taking the mickey. So I started to do that. And, uh, well, Jim was 10 foot. And uh, the teacher went to kick me out. But Jim said, no, nah, I've got this to the teacher. And I <laughs> shit myself. And he goes, stand up. And I stood up. And basically, he just fired questions at me. And, you know, I was taking the piss, but he just didn't let up. And annoyingly cut through to me because I, I, I basically, he stripped me bare. And it was like, it was basically like a, a slap in the face with a pat on the back. But he essentially said, what do you want to do with your life? And I didn't know. And he said, you know, ask me a few other questions. And, and he just didn't let me squirm away from the answers. And then he said, look, what's really interesting about you is, you know, you've obviously got an ability to lead a group where you're leading them is, is totally up to you. And, and so it was just, it was a compliment, but it was also you're a dickhead and you're being a dickhead. And I liked that because I was like, whoa, this guy's actually talking to me. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets this. So I turned up to that course and that was 25 years ago. And so from there, there was a whole group of young people that grew up together and a lot of us have, you know, moved off into performing arts and into TV and radio and film, etc. You know, we grew up together and then we... We became the leaders and the facilitators and then, you know, we worked with younger people and then those younger people became facilitators and they worked and, you know, there would be a million uh, odd young people across Australia that were able to sort of tap into that which REACH provided, which is not revolutionary and it's not even exclusive to REACH. Mm. There was two real things to it that I thought was just phenomenal. The first one was was just genuinely a safe space. You could come in there and you could honestly talk and no one was going to judge you. Well, you couldn't do that at school. And there were, you know, 25 years ago, it wasn't cool to talk about your feelings. You know, there wasn't like mindfulness or mental health and this stuff. It was like the church had Sunday school, uh, the scouts had theirs, and then there was nothing in between for people that didn't belong to those groups. So this was edgy. So you had the safe space and then you also just had people a little bit older than you right, a little bit older than you that you looked up to and that they were positive. So you had these mentors and so that was rare as well. So just those two things alone can change people's lives. How many lives do you think you've indirectly changed through sharing your story, not just at REACH but at events and things like that? Do you have an indication? Do people come up to you and say, Jules, you really impacted me, your story really changed me or supported me when I was in a bad place? I sometimes go to drama classes and pay people to walk up to me in the street uh, and tell me that because it feeds my ego. You ask how many people have I changed? Well, my wife would say I've changed her life for the worse. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. But I do. Look, I do have moments because, you know, after I ran those workshops, Jim really invested in me. He, he taught me how to be a TV presenter and he never did it himself. I used to, so I used to wag sport 
uh, on a Wednesday and I'd follow him around, right? And so he taught me how to drive just so I could drive while he was prepping to speak to a Rotary Club or a bunch <laughs> of teachers or, you know, at a big event or a school talk. And I'd sit in the back just riding as a 15-year-old. I was just obsessed with this guy. He's just mm. so charismatic. Mm. He could command an audience. It's like, I want to learn that. So I'd write down all this stuff. And then one day he's going, hey, mate, I want you to introduce me. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> introduce me. So he'd go, this is how you introduce me. He'd give me some words. And then I'd say it. And then I'd do it five times. I'd go, that's pretty easy. He goes, next time, right, I want you to do the icebreaker. You know, do the five-minute warm-up exercise. I go, I'm not doing that. Then I'd do five of those and go, that's easy. And then before you know it, I was in my old Valiant, you know, as a year 12 student going out and running workshops by myself all across Victoria for other year 12 and 11 and 10 year students doing these really powerful 90 minute um, life coaching sessions. Mm. And, and it was phenomenal. And so I did that for 10 years and I, that was the best job I've ever had. It was the most satisfying. I'd get in my car at the end and I'd just go, I'd meet the most incredible young people that were courageous and brave you know, that in a, an environment of school where you just have to be smart-ass and superficial, yeah. these guys would stand up and, the, and I'd watch like one comment or, a, uh, you know, this, usually the smart-asses like me that would actually go, you know what, this, there's something in this and then they would commit to it and, and they could transform their whole year level in one moment and I believe that it changed my life. So mm. I really had the belief to go out there, you know, and I, then I moved on into TV and stuff. But occasionally, I, you know, the other day I was at a servo and this guy was massive, big red. Did you say big... servo is in a petrol station? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The servo, sorry. <laughs> Your international listeners, <laughs> the station is what we call a gas stop. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, this guy was massive and he's staring at me while I'm pumping up the gas. I'm thinking, this is uncomfortable. And then he just walked over to me and he just gives me this big hug and he just goes, man, you saved my life. Like I remember that workshop because the workshops used to be really, you couldn't do them now. There'd be psychologists would step in and say, mate, you ain't trained to make 150 people cry and then go <laughs> to science class. You know, we used to, I used to wedge in these, you know, real really emotional things where people are sobbing and talking about stuff in their life they've never done before. And it was risky, right? But it needed to be. And, you know, a lot of people every now and then, because they would now be a lot older, yeah. you know, they, they small moments in your life can just change a complete trajectory. Mm -hmm. It definitely can. And it certainly changed yours in more ways than one. And you've spoken a little bit about how Jim Steins really supported you, even though he wasn't a radio presenter himself. He basically gave you the tools that you needed to create a world or, or, or an opportunity in media. And of course, you've gone from strength to strength. You know, I remember being a teenager, now I'm showing my age, listening to you in the mornings. I think you were the mornings, right? With Fifi. Fifi and Jules, was that mornings uh, or afternoons? Yeah, that was afternoons. Afternoons, that's right. You used to just sleep in until four o'clock by the sound. <laughs> no, because Matt and Joe were in the morning and you were and drive. There yeah. we go. Got it right. Anyway, I remember listening to you and thinking you were awesome. And I knew a little bit about your story back then. And I just thought it was amazing because of the Reach Foundation. That's how I knew about you. And I just want to say that I just think you've been able to be such a great example to not people just in the media industry on how to be professional and empathetic and kind, but also in the work that you do in the youth space. And now, of course, you've forged an amazing career as a businessman, entrepreneur, being the founder of Tribe. How have you been able to transition from the youth space 
to radio, to TV, to entrepreneurship, was it a very fluid trajectory or was it something that was very staccato and like how how would you describe the experience? Nothing's fluid, I can tell you that. Changing any path, there's a a lot of bush bashing. What's uh, bush bashing? I'll catch up. You're an Aussie for God's sake. I feel like I'm I'm at school again and learning from an English teacher, Jules Lund. This is like slang dictionary. Like so maybe I'm just old. Am I like where you use Cockney, you know, your tit for tat you had? Am oh, I the tit for tat. I know tit for tat. I know that. Anyway, bush bashing. <laughs> I'm not going into it. But my point, <laughs> my point is that what's fluid about it is my interest. So what comes first is inspiration and excitement. And I see something and I go, imagine if I could do something like that right? That's the easy bit. And then trying to make it happen is horrific. But, but that is, that's the lesson that I, I was taught by Jim and, and <laughs> haven't nailed it. But <laughs> well, it's you, t- have, you have kind of nailed it. In uh, your head, you haven't nailed it because you see all the flaws in your own brain. But someone on the outside looking at you and what you've been able to, to create for yourself, I see you as a genius. Yeah, well, I'll take that. And you should say <laughs> that louder. But, <laughs> I'll put an echo on it when I edit this up. Right. I see you as a genius. Can you put that in the intro? I'll put it on social media for you. How about that as a best bit? Social media, yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's right. I built a whole company. So, yeah, that's good. (laughs) Anyway, my point is being comfortable with being uncomfortable. What I say is I haven't nailed it is that I'm pretty f***ing uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. (laughs) To be honest, I'm exhausted. Like you asked me, you know, before we even started how am I doing and I'm like, you know, first half of the day I was horrific, mm. you know, and then this second half of the day I'm in, I feel invincible. Because it's I'm like, talking to you. Yes. <laughs> it's a pal. <laughs> combination of happy and powerful jewels. That's right. Exactly. You know it. You know it. <laughs> if you want to get your pal, get down to the survey and stop your bush bashing on the way. <laughs> that anyway, should be our new so, slogan. Anyway, we're losing people. We're, we're <laughs> we are. We're losing Comfortable with being uncomfortable. So in terms of moving through it, I have always enjoyed in my life, but as, a, as it gets harder and harder, I like to lean into the unknown, right? So I like to, I like big, audacious, uh, hairy ambitions and to go, right, I'm going to tackle that. And like this latest thing is a marketing tech company and I haven't studied marketing and I don't know a lot about tech and I've never run a company. So <laughs> it was pretty naive and it's been harder than I thought. And it's um, taken more energy than I thought. I just have to remind myself that I may not get anything out of the end of it. But as with most things, it's not what you get from it. It's who you become. And I feel like it's completely uh, humbled me. It's taught me huge amounts about working as a team, about working and collaborating with different personalities, about fear, living with tension, lots of other things. But I think early on in life, I got, I got some really good wins. You know, I, I went from working with Jim and, and having such an incredible mentor to go, hey, why don't you go and have a big swing at things? You know, then I, I won a radio competition. So I got on radio and then I, I, with that momentum and confidence, I got getaway that I, you know, worked in TV for 10 years. And then, I, and then from that, I went back into radio and had a ball and completely took all of this stuff for granted. How do you think you took it for granted? I was getting paid ridiculous amounts of money and the hardest part of what I was doing was having fun. 
but I just took it too seriously, you know, because I'm a perfectionist. I was just always focused on the things that I wasn't doing right or that I wasn't getting out of it or was all this stuff like I'm doing now. And I think a lot of listeners would be doing the same. And I think, you know, if I was a young person and if I was talking to my the younger version of myself, I, 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 I'd be split right now. Would I sit myself down and, and like Jim did and said, you can achieve anything you want, like go after it, you know, create a life of purpose, of meaning, but of greatness, you know, scare yourself? Or would I say, nah, like just, just make ends meet, earn a bit of money, but don't overreach because, you know, the idea of a comfort zone is when you step out of your comfort zone, you're uncomfortable. And you know what? Maybe you should just, you know, not try to be everything because after a while you start to you start to want too much right and desire isn't always great mm-hmm. it's really good to just be really content and wrap with where you're at whereas i think what, yeah but i think what i'm learning and what i've lost in the process is i'm so future focused about what could be that i just keep missing what is that's that's the best bit right there put that in the intro just after you no actually put that first and then say jules is a genius (laughs) that quote yeah hashtag quotable i i think it's very very true because i see even though you're a guy and i'm a girl i see a lot of myself in you in that i'm a bit of perfectionist i'm a futurist i get i was gonna say i get expired but more inspired not expired uh and i and i'm very creative and i love doing things and, and being proactive and on the front foot and you know, I, I get excited by having lots of things going on at once. At the same time, though, my biggest challenge is also slowing down and enjoying the process rather than it being feeling like I always have to be moving at such a fast pace. So I get exactly how you feel. And like you said, there'd be people listening right now that are like, yep. That's me. And you don't have to be your age or my age to feel like that. I remember even when I was younger, in my teenagers, I'd feel like that. And so I'd love to ask you, you know, with everything that you are learning, because you are saying you're learning at the same time, what would be one tool or advice you'd say to a person right now, say a young person listening to say, learn from my experience. If there's one piece of gold, a hashtag quotable, what would that be that you'd like to give to help them through their tougher times? I love creativity and I love inspiration, right? And what I've seen over my life is I've seen, seen two types of people. One type that have these lightning strike ideas and the enthusiasm and motivation is unstoppable, right? And they enroll a lot of people in the idea and they excite people and they get there. But then it gets really hard and really boring often really quickly. And there's, there's no wind in the sail anymore, right? The only wind in the sail is another wind, and then you get more momentum, right? But the reality is that in most great ideas, no matter how simple the idea is, the slog, it's really tough. And what you've got to ask yourself, is the slog worth it? Then I've seen those other people, right? And these people, there's a different type of drive. So, yes, they have their inspiration and they come and, and, and they would have done, like for me, I, I had inspiration all through my life and tried them and failed, you know, 15 things. And they're great. They're all like practices, right? And then you just get one and then you go, this is my one. And, and it took me to get to 35 before I had the courage and the maturity to do that, 
but only because up until that point I was part of a, a cog in other people's wheels and the, and it was huge and it was still serving me. I was mm -hmm. getting paid to fly business class around the world for 10 years. So, you know. Did they fly your business class on Getaway? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was a part of it. That's pretty awesome, side note. And so it was, mate, it was just so good. As a young 20-year-old, I did, never deserved that. So... <laughs> You clearly, no, no, I take that back. You thought you didn't deserve it, but somebody thought you did, and that's why you got it. Yeah, we conned that yeah, didn't we? <laughs> so, so then those are other people which, are, and, and so, as, they, as they say, success is born from the person you are when no one's looking, right? Mm -hmm. So there's just a huge amount of just looking after the little things so big things happen, like big compromise, just consistent, bang, bang, bang. And that's tiring and that's exhausting, but it's it's really critical. And every business owner knows that. So the idea gets you to bite off more than you can chew. And then sometimes you feel like you're stuck in there. Mm -hmm. And so I suppose my one big lesson that is probably mean and against, and, and what I probably wouldn't want someone to have told me is just have your creativity, right? And have your big idea but make it achievable and then grow. So rather than biting off too much, and I think about that now with business, I've seen in business how to do that, right? Because having the idea, the big idea, and then pinning it to that is just not fair to yourself. It's not fair to the universe because you're just demanding too much. What I think is you just should trial things because the creativity comes from an expression and that's really manageable, the passion, right? But it, if you get a lot of passion, but if you bite off more than you could chew, there's a lot of admin, there's a lot of outlay of costs, there's a lot of people you have to bring in, people are more reliant. And so it puts the, the flame of the passion and expression out very quickly, right? There's not a good balance. What I would say is you just invest in what you love. Like people used to say to me, oh, I want to be a TV presenter on Getaway. Oh, how do I be a TV presenter? I say, start presenting on TV. You don't need to actually be on Channel 9 to be a TV presenter. But just become a presenter. Yeah. Get on YouTube and do your channel. Mm -hmm. And if you could, it'll grow. So my point is like rather than go, I want to be the next X, Y, Z, that X, Y, Z didn't start as X, Y, Z. They grew yes. to organic same reason people say i want to be an influencer i say it's too late those influencers are influencers because they spent four years giving content away for free they were baking and putting it online not caring about the audience or getting any money from it in a few years time mm -hmm. they were generous and it was about that and now they're being rewarded for yes. cultivating an authentic or gauged audience and it's that sort of thing it's like lead with generosity, just do it. And, you know, you, you've got great ideas with this. If no one was listening or if there was only five people, you should still be doing it is the point. And Thanks, that's Jules. how it grows. That's how it grows. You don't stand there going, you know, I want to be the next Oprah and then, you know, I want to have a TV show and then this and then that because that's what I did early on and it was terrifying. You know, Jim was a, you know, Brownlow medalist. There was all these other successful people around me and, and admittedly, I was able to reach one of those goals, but I, w I watched also other people around me that had really humble, fantastic expressions, but always felt inadequate because they were comparing themselves to me at the same age doing something else. Mm -hmm. So it's just, my lesson is it's the passion, the creativity, but do not make it harder for yourself by trying to be too ambitious. And I know that sounds counterproductive, 
but it will grow naturally if it's of value to people. And that, that's a really more beautiful growth spurt that doesn't come with self-loathing and judgment or, or, or this sense of inadequacy or fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Everything you just said just completely resonates with me on every level. You're right. When you lead with passion, and I think it all comes down to intention. If your intention is to serve, is to be a good person doing good in the community, and by that you are serving yourself, you're doing something you're truly passionate about that sets your light on, what does it set your light alive? I don't even know. I'm really it's shocking today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sets you on fire on the inside, obviously, not on the outside. Then, then you're onto something. And if you continue to follow that, things will happen. It doesn't mean there won't be bumps in the road because even in my own life, I've had a bazillion bumps and humps and trumps and, yeah, trumps especially, <laughs> you know, but you just don't give up. And I think passion is the fuel that allows you to grow. And even when it gets tough you don't give up because your intention is in the right place and I think you're right when you're doing something to serve other people and the greater good it all comes back to you it's so true well said but also passion wears off too I mean it's the driving force <laughs> yeah. but that the sparkle and everything you just gotta you gotta expect that all that goes so you'd want it to be passionate you'd want it to be an authentic expression you'd want to care about the intent mm-hmm. because that's all you'll have when the going gets tough. Yes, that's exactly right. Especially when everything's falling to pieces. In the end, it comes down to you and your mindset. If you're in a strong place and you can see where you want to go, that's going to keep you on the right track. Well said. Well said too, Jules. Well said. <laughs> Don't you go anywhere because right after this, we're going to talk a little bit more about gratitude. You're listening to Power Up Life, a Her Power podcast. This week, we asked you what you would like to learn more about that can help you in your adult life. And here's what you had to say. I would definitely like to learn more about essential adult skills, something like a a playbook on, on, you know, saving and when should you buy a house. I want to learn things that can make me a better person, get me somewhere in life and do the things I have always dreamed of. I would like to learn more about identifying the causes of mental health. As a teenager, the things I want to learn more about to help me in my adult life mainly surround important financial concepts like taxes, loans and budgets. I'd like to learn more about the economy and what to do with my money. I would like to learn more about how to have meaningful conversations about things that are really hard to talk about. I really believe that we have to leave behind this idea that there are dinner table topics that we don't talk about and really explore how to have these conversations in a respectful and inclusive way. I'd like to continue to learn how to grow my confidence and learn valuable skills that will not only help me in the workplace, but in other areas of my life. I would like to learn more about businesses and managing businesses and that sort of thing. Looking in the future, when I become an adult, I want to be able to manage a business myself or at least have a good understanding of how one is run. I'd love to learn more about investing and financial literacy and begin the road to financial security. I would like to work on my personal self-confidence and improve my goal setting in order to help me in my adult life. I'd like to learn more about taxes and finances and how to cook. I'm Carissa Shale and that's this week's Talk Topic. Got something to share? Drop us an email. Your say at herpower.com. Power Up Life is a part of the Herpow Podcast Network. Okay, Jules, I ask every interviewee that comes on the show, I say, tell me one big thing and one small thing you are grateful for. Now, the big thing can be anything and the small thing can be trivial. It's what matters to you most. Okay, let's go. Big thing. What's that one big thing that you're grateful for? All right. Uh, I think the big thing is 
I mean, apart from my beautiful wife and my best mate, Sammy, who is critical in my sanity, I think the thing that I, I'm most, one of the things I'm most appreciative for is that my two girls, Billy and Indigo, like each other. I don't like them, so I'm glad they like each other because it just takes away any responsibility. No, I love that they like each other. They, mm. you know, you can't, once again, you can't take for granted. Like they enjoy each other's company. They laugh, they giggle, they play, they have fun. Admittedly, my seven-year-old is stronger than my 10-year-old. So um, <laughs> you go beat the crap out of Billy. And even Billy, I think, just laughs and acknowledges it, she said to me the other day. But I, I just love that they like each other and because... They like each other now. They'll always like each other. And it's not a gimme. I think that's absolutely beautiful. I don't have kids, but I do want to one day. And I'd like my kids to also like each other as well. So <laughs> there you go. When you, see them, when you see them turn into each other and have their own experience, you sort of don't imagine it. You know, when you're having kids, you have one kid and you imagine yourself having a relationship. You have another mm-hmm. kid, you imagine it. But you forget about the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And it's really special. And when you you know, drunk out the back and, you know, you got your pants off and you're exhausted and you've just been screaming at everyone and throwing bottles against the wall out of pure anger um, for your fourth day straight. It's just great knowing that, you know, that there is still love in the house. That's good. It's just not coming from you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. All right. One small thing, one small thing you're grateful for that maybe people take for granted or that other people think is silly. Or maybe it's not silly. That's fine too. I like colours. <laughs> okay. That's a first. Okay. Oh, you right. like colours. Yeah. I'll tell you what I mean by that. Like textures, crayons, pencils. What are, we, what are we talking about here? What I'm talking about is if I look outside right now, so I'm in mm-hmm. Albert Park Lake in Melbourne, Victoria. You have a very nice office. There's mm. a beautiful lake and a beautiful blue sky and the sun is sort of setting. And so for me... I feel like I can have seasonal depression. I feel like people talk about, you know, living in London and they get really depressed because it's great, right? And I don't think it's the cold. I just think it's the lack of colour. And so when I lived in um, North Bondi in Sydney, there's magic light. The colour is just, the sunlight is just phenomenal. It's just so beautiful. And I think it wasn't the warmth of the sun on my skin it was the fact that it just turned everything on, right? And I think that's what makes me happy. I think that's what triggers all my chemicals. And so, you know, when I look outside right now and I'm about to go for a run, that's something I don't take for granted, which is the colours outdoors. And, and that's why I wish I lived outside of Melbourne. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's not enough colour. Because it's, it's rare. But, uh, yeah, I love that. Now that makes me think that your tribe logo is quite colourful. Like behind you, I can see the neon sign. It's obviously yeah. white, being tribe, and you got your blue, your red, and your green. Is that why you love? Do you love those yeah. particular three colours? Do they mean something to you? Yeah. Well, I designed that logo, and I chose colours. My favourite colour is hot pink. Good choice. Good choice, mate. And uh, <laughs> and I love the her power colours. I mean, Thank that you. for me, your branding, I think, is phenomenal. And it was always my trick, also, when I was super hungover. So when I was really, here's a little tip for the young'uns, when I'd get really hungover and I'd be turning up to work. Those that are 18 and over, Jules. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I had my first drink on my 18th. It was great. And um, <laughs> I would wear bright colours. 
So I would get out on the piss and I'd have to turn up to work or something and I'd just wear the brightest blue or red or whatever. And I reckon people just thought I was energetic. I mean, I was dead inside, but just <laughs> but I reckon that really covered me because I just looked like I was bright and colourful. I love it. I love it. You know, I have a few friends that say that when they put lipstick on and I'm exactly the same, you Thank naturally you. feel more awake. You feel dressed up. Like I'll be in trackies. I'm not wearing Linny Lippy now though. I haven't had time to put it on today. But I know when you wear your mascara and your yeah. eyeliner, you always feel better about yourself. So I do. That's exactly yeah. right. all right right after this we're going to do our challenge now i know you've done a lot of challenges in your time on radio i guarantee this will be the best challenge you've ever done in the history of media wow that's going to be really tough babe let's go with it (laughs) okay awesome loving this episode let us know leave us a review via apple podcasts spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts the reason why i get brendan is because he adjudicates. Oh. Yeah. So here he is. He's the big man. He just got a haircut. How you going? Hello, mate. Nice pr- do there, huh? Yeah, new do. New do. COVID, COVID do, I call it. How old are you guys? Because, Brennan, you look like you're about 22 and Dana, you look like you're about 17. So, well, I you're close. That. You're pretty close. How old are you? We're both turning 29 20, this year. 29. Grow up. <laughs> Listening to this must be horrific for anyone right now. <laughs> You're better than this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now it's time for the challenge. Now, how this challenge works, well, there's different ones we do throughout each podcast. And for this one, we're calling it uh, Rapid Fire. I'm sure you've done a Rapid Fire before. I don't, yeah, but I'm no good at them. You can think fast. Yeah, but not if someone says think fast. So what if I say to you, don't think fast? Will you be able to think fast? Uh, I think so. <laughs> Stumped you. All right. So basically, we're going to no, give you. Thinking fast and performing slow. Oh, that was you being lame. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize that was a lame joke. That was a dad joke. My bad. My bad. All right. All right. Okay. So we're going to give you 30 seconds. I'll be given 30 seconds. You have to answer as many questions as you can that Brendan is going to throw at you in the 30 seconds. Now, Jules, you can't skip a question because you don't know how to answer it because you're exhausted and you need to go for your run. You have to answer each question. Otherwise, you lose. For myself, I have to do the exact same thing. Comprende? So 30 seconds for you and then 30 seconds for me? Or 30 seconds for you and then 30 seconds for me. You get to decide who goes first. Who would you, you like go, to go first? No, actually, I'll go. Uh, you go first. You go first. Of course, of course. You make me go first. <laughs> Brendan, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me on. <sighs> That's so weird. You guys living in the same house, having that conversation then was real weird. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show in your study. Yeah, it's anyway, in our study. And also, we're very professional, so don't you accuse us of being weird. We've got two hats. We've got our husband and wife hat and then our business hat on. And this is our business uh, hat. You forgot the third one, weird hat. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right. All right. It's my turn. All righty. Here we go. 30 okay. seconds on the clock. And I don't know these questions because we're legit. Okay. <laughs> no cheating here. Obs. All righty. Time starts now, what is the worst smell in the world? Farts or, or bad feet smell. What makes you cry? Ooh, uh, beautiful m- movies and, and when people give me really genuine compliments like Jules. What are you scared of? Oh, sometimes I'm scared of the fact that when people judge me of things, sometimes that hurts me. Yeah. If you could, what two animals would you combine? <laughs> a dog and a, and a, and a sloth. <laughs> 
做。It's a dog. Time's up. Yes, it's off. A new breed. I'm ready. All right. How did I go, Jules? What would you rate me out of ten? Well, you got them all right. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did get them all right. How many did I get, Brendan? If I told you, I'd have to kill you. Oh, nice, nice. He has to tell me anyway. All right, are you ready to go, Jules? Do you yeah. have to stretch or something? Go. Here we go. Thirty seconds on the clock, Jules, and your time starts now. Who is your hero? My best mate, Sammy. What is your favourite song? Um, I still like、uh, Macklemore、um, Downtown. Nice. So do What、I. is your favourite memory? Um, my time in North Bondi,、uh, going to the beach because I'm not a beach guy, but I fell in love with it. God, this is. <laughs> If you could, what type of animal would you be? What type of animal? I'd be a leopard, solo, but a wet. What is your favourite thing to do with your family? Thumbs up. Ignore, ignore them. <laughs> I, I projected that I'm the world's worst father, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm probably the second worst. Let's、okay. face it. I just think very, this is very, very bad PR. Very bad PR I, for you. Just saying. I think it's hilarious because <laughs> I, I love being a father, and I couldn't love、okay. my kids anymore. But、okay. I just so funny to be so rude about them. Yeah. That's why, because you're not like that. You can get away with it. If you were the other way, I think this would be a disaster of an interview. But it's not because you're awesome. All right, what's the score? So I can reveal some top secret information here. Okay. The winner is. There is none. It's a draw. Oh. oh How、wow. many did we get? Were there four? You guys got four each. Jana's really curious. You're really. You got five, by the way. I'm pretty sure you got five. But anyway, I think you won by one. I'm pretty sure. There's no way. He look. He's probably trying to make you win, just so you can stick around、yeah. and we can interview you again, and you can like, you know, hang out with us in our office one day when we have one. Sounds great, Jules. Thank you so much for coming on the show. How can people follow you? Check out what you're doing. Give you a high five when required. Well, it's required when I walk out of my house every day. So if there's <laughs> not some sort of guard of honour of high fives, I'd be probably disappointed. At Jules Lund on. Most social medias, you can follow me if you can be. Yeah, and also lovely, and you've also got a blue tick, so they know it's you. So if there's a Jules Lund underscore, that's not、yeah. the real Jules Lund. So there's only one young girl in South Africa called Jules Lund, and the poor girl has been smashed because I beat her at the at the post with every social media. <laughs> Did she have a big following? No, but I I remember years ago, like if I'd search my name, <laughs> you know, this girl, she was young now. Now she's she's probably a superstar. She's awesome.、Oh, she doesn't have blue tick, so and I remind her about that often when I、um, <laughs> message her at Jules underscore love. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say also, she probably looks at you and feels sorry for you. Just yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. As I've said a million times, you are an absolute legend. I have loads of respect for you, as many Aussies do. Keep up the great work. Keep building your empire, and also building your heart empire as well. Her power is awesome. Like I genuinely, I love what you guys have done. I love the, I love the branding. I love the concept, and I actually think I've learned a lot about your smart ideas that you said before we started this that I'll steal. And- <laughs> I take that as a compliment. Just don't start the same business as us, and you can do whatever you want with them. Thanks, legends. Bye, <laughs> bye, Brendan. See ya. Jules Lund, what a legend! He seriously cracks me up, and funnily enough, he wakes me up as well because he helps me see things differently. He has such a wealth of knowledge and really has a desire to help others and make a positive impact in this world. So, what did you think of this chat? 
What life lessons did you learn from it? Be sure to let us know on socials by following us at Hapow AU. Already a fan of Power Up Life? Why not tap the share button and send it to someone who'll love it? And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating. Want to be a Hapow advocate and contribute to our weekly talk topics and more? Email us at yoursay@hapow.com. This episode of Power Up Life was produced by me, Gianna Lucas, Maria Dukadinoska, and Carissa Shale for the Herpal Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Power Up Life, a Herpal Podcast. If you loved this episode, be a legend and leave us a quick rating and review on your fave podcast app. Dive into the show notes for all episodes on our website, hapow.com forward slash podcast. Catch you next time and remember to power up life. Power up life.